What up, what up? One sec. Alright, we're recording and it looks perfect. I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? I sure can. I sure can. Perfect. How's being at home? Can't wait to can't go wait back. To yeah. Yeah. Too much family time? Yeah. Not your mom, though, right? No. Everybody else. Yeah. You flying tonight? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Did you switch your flight? Couldn't. I'd have to buy it again. I bought the cheapest uh, ticket. So, so when are you... So the plan is to... Uh, I'm going to drop all my stuff off at my uncle's house, who's in downtown Portland, and then... Go to the, uh, the RG. When does your flight land? 2.30. Okay. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah. Yeah. And I gave you your ticket, so I'll just meet you probably. Yeah, well, I'll meet you in somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fuck, man. You ready? What episode is this? 162? Yeah, 162. Ready? Yep. All right, everybody, welcome to the 162nd edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man. Sage chilling here in Medford, Oregon, going to fly back tomorrow, and I'm very excited about that fact. So let's let's talk about these Blazers, man. I don't know. I feel like a good night rest, some great breakfast this morning, some coffee, Maybe a couple beers last night helped too. But overall, just to reflect on where we're at currently. And I, I think that can get lost even, even through this potential sweep. You know, everyone knows by now, unless you were living under a rock, the, the Warriors used another, you know, devastating third quarter run. They ended up defeating the Blazers 110 to 99. Giving them a commanding 3-0 lead in NBA basketball in the best of seven series, no team has ever came back 0-3. Um, the 2003 Blazers forced a game seven after being down 0-3, making them only the third team in NBA history just even force a seventh game. But the odds definitely aren't in our favor. But I don't really think it's necessarily about that for for this episode. You know, I, I've seen. And I guess this is what what comes with the territory when you're one of the final four remaining teams, and you know ESPN has everybody in the house: uh, Rachel Nichols, Scottie Pippen, you know Brian Windhorst, you know Jackson Van Gundy, Breen. Like I mean, they brought everybody to Rip City, and this is the only game. I mean, it's May basketball, Saturday prime, and then you get your your journalists who trying to pop off with their Twitter followers and, you know, make a meme or, you know, just talking shit and Blazer fans can kind of get caught up in that. And I can as well, but the bottom line is, is fuck them. They don't follow the team. They don't know who we are. I mean, they are essentially that quote unquote cool friend that only wants you when they think you're cool. You know, back in, you know, school, we're, there's always that person. It's like, 
oh, you got that nice car. Oh, let me talk to you now. It's like, no, you weren't with me when I was driving my 81 Chevy Citation, so fuck back. Is that a true story of what your car was? That was my my first car. Okay. 81 olive green Chevy Citation, pleather interior, AM radio only. Your boy was on the come up, though. So, uh, you know, started pretty low, but I like where I'm at now. But all I'm saying is... Only, only rock with your with your ride or die people. Like, don't you know? Fuck Skip Bayless. Fuck everybody saying you know Russ or Kyrie are better than Dame. It doesn't really matter. Are those are those players playing in the conference finals? Because last I checked, they weren't. And Dame also sent one of them home, packing in five in so dominating fashion too. Let's let's not forget where we came from because you know I tweeted it out this morning. Five teams in Blazer history, we've been around 49 years, have advanced further in the postseason. Just five. Based on that alone, this is the sixth best season in franchise, for the sixth best season in franchise history. Remove yourself from the fact that, yes, we're upset, we're down three games to none. Where were you after we got swept against the Pelicans? Would you have even envisioned this would be a possibility? Where were you when... CJ McCollum went down against the Spurs, thinking that could have been season-ending. And then where were you when Yusuf Nurkic broke his fibia and tibula against the Brooklyn Nets on March 23rd? No one expected us to even get out of the first round. I didn't expect us to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. And what I've been seeing a lot, especially on the forums, is like, oh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they were ripe for an upset. They have no shooting. And the Denver Nuggets are one of the most overrated two seeds in history. It's like, Blazer fans, why do you do this to yourself? The Thunder have two of the best players in the NBA. Nearly everyone picked them. You go to ESPN, only Nick DePaula picked Portland to, to beat the Thunder. We did it in five games. The Denver Nuggets have the best home record in the NBA, and we were without Yusuf Nurkic. We beat them after being down three games to two. We won a road game seven. We're just we're just running into a juggernaut right now. The the fact of the matter is we've been up 17 in game two and 18 in game three. We just don't have the horses to finish the race. We can get we can play with this team. I, I don't think we're far off. But God damn it. I think people need to realize we don't have Nurkic. Cantor's playing with one shoulder and Dame now has separated ribs. So what what more can you want? And I understand expectations, you know, grow as the team advances, but ground yourself a bit and there there are some really positive blazer fans out there which i will say but there are also ones like if you're if you were on dame you know riding his shoulders after he hit that shot against the thunder i I don't want to see you talking shit now because he's the reason we are here i mean that it's that expectations are a bitch thing it it grows and you know everybody's stressed when we're losing to the warriors but We've we've had an extremely successful season. It's just we're we're prisoners of the moment. We saw our team have a lead and then lose it. Everyone's emotional, and I get that. But everyone, once this series goes goes away, will be able to look at it and say this was one of the most successful seasons ever. It's just at the at the time, people's emotions are, you know out of whack so I, I i after that game i just stayed off the off twitter off facebook and was just chilling with the family i i saw all the shit i just 
yo, you can't you can't concern yourself with what people that don't watch the team think of your team. And that's something I've been saying forever. It's like, yo, they didn't see how bad Evan Turner was during the regular season. They're just seeing him play a really big game seven against the Nuggets. They don't see Zach Collins being a, played really bad when he turned 21. We did. We saw all of this stuff. We grew with this team. We're going against the juggernaut now, which, A, whatever happens, happens. But this was an extremely successful year. Even if we lose tomorrow... I'm going to be clapping, I'll give him that standing ovation and give him a, yo, this was this was an extremely successful year, and we had to fight through all this adversity late in the season. It's huge. I think our team is going to take all this positive success and turn it into, uh, into gold next season. This We're still a very young team. We have tons of potential. We just have to treat, we have to be very careful. But we have potential, and we can be a very dangerous team in the future. Yeah, I think everyone realizes, oh, you know, we're eight wins away from a championship. But, you know, really peel back that. You know, people are saying on Twitter, you know, the Blazers are going to win the championship. And I think that's, you know, a little bit in jest and in all in good fun. I don't think anyone truly believed the Blazers were winning the championship this year. And so while it's fantastic, we made it to the Western conference finals. We definitely felt a little bit like a Cinderella. Just when you see a Cinderella go through March madness, they have to play Goliath. You know, David doesn't always beat Goliath. And it's not like we only have one shot to do it. We have to do it four times in the seven game series. Um, Would I like this series to be a little bit more competitive and go further? Absolutely. But the fact that we've been up big in both the, the previous games shows me we're we're not far off. Like this is the first time this group has really played this deep into May. You know, they're gonna there's a lot of mental I think just knowledge that they are really figuring it out what it takes. It's different playing a team in the first round versus playing in the regular season versus the Western Conference Finals. Just like what what Dame said, like sometimes you just have to go through some stuff. And we did that against the Pelicans, and that prepared us for OKC. I, I, I am astonished we got past Denver. I mean, that that is incredible. We were able to power through that, giving everything that was against us. And now we're, we're going through some stuff right now, and we are going to have to take that and, and realize, okay, this is what it takes – to get by the champs. They're the defending champions. And frankly, I don't give a fuck that Kevin Durant's not playing. I think they are a better team without him based upon how they move the basketball. Steph Curry as the focal point of the offense is going to be more lethal than, than Kevin Durant. And you can put that. This is on wax. Quote me. Um, yes, they won the previous two with KD, but they probably would have won it w- without him too. That's why it made no sense for, the two parties to join forces in 2016, but I digress and and leave that sentiment there. Another thing that I would like to say is it's not an NBA championship can't be the end all be all. If you define your season on whether or not you want a championship, you're going to just be miserable. And if you are like myself and you dedicate and invest so much time, money, effort, energy, mental capacity to, to this team, you have to realize one, did you have fun doing that? 
I had a, a blast. One of the reasons I do this podcast with you is to share, you know, my love of Rip City with the community to talk and banter back and forth with you, you know, to feel that camaraderie. And absolutely, I had fun this year. Did we surpass expectations? 100%. Some of my fondest memories as a fan have nothing to do with the Blazers winning the championship. Will they ever win? Maybe. They might not. But I had to shift my thinking a few years ago because I was like that. I was like, rings or bust. I mean, there's nothing more that I would like to see than the Blazers win a title. But the fact of the matter is, only one out of 30 teams gets to ho- hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy in June. And with it being a five on five sport, more times than not, a dominating generational player is going to make it very difficult to, to reach Everest, so, so to speak. So you, you just have to enjoy the ride. And I mean, honestly, this is the most fun I've, I've had since I was 15 years old. I mean, let, just let that that sink in a bit. This was a magical ride. And like all things, it must come to an end. I hope it doesn't come to an end on Monday night, but it might. And, and like you said, if you're there, stay till the very end, stand up and give this team a fucking standing ovation because they have basically played on guts and fumes and adrenaline and they have made us so proud. So show them that respect. Of course, everybody, every team's end-all goal is to win a championship, but I don't think the Blazers really thought that that was possible with how dominant Golden State was. So I think they achieved every realistic goal this season, and it was a lot of fun doing it. I'm just going to enjoy the rest of the Blazers' season. No more, no negativity, just positivity. This is, yo, this potentially is the last time we can see this iteration of the team together uh, Monday. Why not just enjoy it as it is? Don't even think of it as an analyst. Think of it as a fan. This is, this is when, this is when fans come out, man. I've been enjoying the, the, the process, the process of this season. So if it ends tomorrow or if it ends with us holding the trophy going winning four games. I'm just going to enjoy this 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 team. I mean, a- absolutely. And for the Blazers going in into game 4, I thought Terry Stotts did a, a really nice job Myers. Myers. I thought that was a genius move. Um and they really only played Ennis Cantor when Steph Curry was off the court because you know, Ennis has never been the, the fleetest of foot, and pick-and-roll defense on the perimeter has always been his, his weakness. Um, I think he'd be the first to admit that. And so it, we, we decided, or we discussed after game two, this is not going to be the best series for him. So I liked the adjustment that that Terry made. And, you know, Myers finishes with 16-4, with and four, or 16-3, four dimes, you know, no turnovers, 50% from the floor. I mean, I was really impressed with him. Um, and and I, I think he is going to get the start again on Monday. Mm. And I, I would go as far as saying if you're going to switch it up that much, fuck, bring either Rodney Hood or Zach Collins in for um, Aminu. I mean, Aminu playing again 12 and a half minutes. He's really not playing after that first first quarter stint. We've all throughout this postseason run have started saying, OK, Zach Collins looks like he's going to be the starting power forward next year. Yes, I know it's the Western Conference Finals, but. 
maybe start putting some of those plans into motion and, and see how Zach reacts. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the time really where you just throw the kitchen sink at the Warriors and just see if anything fucking sticks. That's really what the Blazers did in 2003 is they're like, oh, we have Zach Randolph. He's a you know second year player. Go in there, Zebo, see if you can make something happen. Sure enough, that was what did the trick for us. And, you know, I think some size w- would help us, but... Um, some athleticism, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I really liked my... What do you think about the bigs? You know, and I, I liked what, what Cantor gave us. Cantor did really well off the bench. Seven and five in seven minutes, you know? I like the way Cantor and uh, Zach played together. We yes. didn't really see that this this year. Those two kind of reminded me of the Ed Davis, Zach Collins pairing with how they attacked to the board. I mean, normally when I say Myers Leonard had a good game, it's with the caveat of saying Myers had a good game for him. Yesterday, Myers Leonard had a good game for anybody. He played really, really well. His defense was solid, especially that first half, the, the pick and roll. He had active hands like the, the team had nine steals as a whole. And he was he was a huge part of that. And. When the pick happened and our guards got stuck, he fucking sprinted to contest. I was super happy for him. Like it was, it was really awesome to see him play so well in the biggest stage possible. I don't think they're gonna call him Miles anymore. I think they're gonna finally learn his fucking name's Myers. Like he was absolutely fantastic in that game, and it was really cool to see him play so well after you know, seven hard years of watching him. It was finally cool to see the benefit of Terry Stott saying, I trust you. This is the biggest fucking moment in our history. Do work. And he did it. And that that was fucking amazing to see. I was so happy for Myers. Like, we we at the house were just clapping for him as he left the, left the floor at the first half. Like, he was really, really good. I mean, the, the threes, the hammer dunk on the end. Well, I mean, I, I was extremely happy for him. And, you know, heaven forbid we're not able to bring back Ennis Cantor. You're looking at the starting center for the Portland Trailblazers until Yusuf Nurkic gets gets healthy. So this may be a preview of the upcoming season. So I, I want to see Myers continue to build on his momentum because he is definitely a rhythm player more than more than the average person like once he gets going he's good but you, you got to keep him in, in that you know trajectory you can't knock his minutes you can't you know take him out if he makes a bad decision you have to let him play through some shit and you know going up against the champs i think this is actually a, a really good good matchup for him if so. he played like that 30 percent of the time in whatever role he's playing wouldn't you be happy like if oh, it was, yeah. yeah like it's, it's I, mean, an, I, I would say I've been happy with his performance this year. I mean, I think a lot of it's been such a long season looking back from the preseason to where we're at now. But before we had NS Cantor, Myers was getting, you know, quite a bit of run and he was hitting the three at a 40 plus percent clip, won us a few games, uh, especially that Utah game um, in Utah had a lot of big shots. I mean, he was playing very well. Even for for a bench big, he was playing very well, and I will you know argue that till I'm blue in the face. And then obviously he took his you know new role once Ennis came like a champ. He's like I'm going to cheer the team on, uh, and that's what I really enjoy about this team is there's no egos. Ennis didn't bitch, didn't complain that he was you know coming off the bench, only played seven minutes. Like everyone is just you know really all for one, one for all. And you know I noticed. 
before tip off, Dame was, you know, giving Myers an earful, just like talking him and uh, that, that leadership that, that you see. And, and I think that really helps when your star players, like, I believe in you, you know, you're going to go out and you're going to do great things. And, uh, you know, that's another thing I'm going to look for. I'm going to look to, to watch how Myers can, can play back to back performances uh, on a big stage. I'm going to look for the team to see if, you know, they continue to fight and grit, like, that's the one thing I don't want to see as I don't want to see him kind of roll over. Yes, by all intended purposes, the series is probably over. But like you said, this is could be the last time and you, you want to go out giving it your all. And I, I really think think we will we'll see that. Mm. Yeah. Sage, what are we gonna do about this free throws though? Because God damn, bro, it was it was bad, dog. 20 of 33. That's 13 missed free throws. We make our free throws, we win the game. And again, that's another thing that is being lost is, yeah, Dame shot 5 of 18, does have the separated ribs. CJ shot 7 of 20. Nobody really had it, you know, clicking. But we make our free throws, we win the game. Uh, we, It's the, the little things. It's the, the devil is in the details. And even when we were making our run, you know, nobody – felt safe or comfortable because obviously golden state can, can erase that in the bat of an eye, but we had a couple of really silly turnovers. Just like we did in game two. There was one in the second quarter where Aminu literally threw it right to clay Thompson mm. and clay Thompson took it in for a layup. I mean, and then they would get layups off of our made buckets. Like Draymond green play Frit played so fucking well. Yeah. Like we normally, I see our team get set after shots, but the way he pushed the tempo, like it took us three quarters to realize that he's gonna push the tempo every time he gets the board. I mean, damn! Like he was the best player on the court that game. Mm-hmm. He was the most effective. He was the most valuable. It was, it was tough. How gross is it that he put that contact in after it hit the court? Did yeah. you see that? Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. So that's fucking gross. <laughs> but he was I mean, he, he was a beast. You know, I I looked up at one point and Draymond already had a triple double. I think in the third quarter and during game game three of the Houston series, he had a triple double and they lost. I think that was the first time in this playoff era for the Warriors that Draymond had a triple double and they lost. So he he's their he's their key. Um, when he plays like this, he is an all star player. Um, he obviously shed some weight, quit bitching to the referees. He got his mind right. I mean, he, that, that's where I want people to also realize that like, this is the warriors of the past. Like this season, the warriors were sleepwalking through the NBA. Raymond was overweight, not really locked in. Uh, then you factor in, they're going more ISO heavy with, with Kevin Durant. Like that's an easier type of offense to stop. It's still deadly, but it's easier to stop than this ball movement with Draymond Green basically as the conductor. And, you know, I, I really, I just don't think that they need Kevin Durant. I mean, that they're going to be just fine. I mean, we hold, if you would have told me we were going to hold Steph Curry to 11 of 26 shooting and Clay Thompson, eight of 20, seven of 21 from three, I take that in a heart, in a heartbeat, but you can't have Draymond have 20, 13 boards, 12 assists, and four steals. And he got to the line nine times. I mean, he he was the reason they, they won that game. And, you know, absolutely. I mean, he's been the reason why the the Warriors have been so special throughout these runs. I mean, how many power forwards can dish it like he does 
on fast breaks or take it on fast breaks and know what to do with it. Draymond Green is special, and they half-stepped it this year, especially with Draymond's production, but it's playoff time. He's looking a lot better. I mean, yeah, he's essentially looking a lot like what Scottie Pippen did at the small forward position. Great defense, ability to handle the ball, push tempo, find uh, find shooters. Find cutters, too. Find cutters. Pippen's a much better scorer. But outside of that, they were both just ball hawks. Yeah, he was he was on his free safety shit yeah. yesterday. And so you, know, you, just, you just have to you know tip your cap. Like, we're losing to a better team. Could we be up 2-1 right now? Possibly. I mean, we, we've made mistakes. I mean, the Blazers have made their fair share of mistakes. We discussed what they did in Game 2. Game 3, they completely fell apart at the foul line, had a couple of poor turnovers, and... You know, just just couldn't get their looks from from three. I mean, obviously, with Dame having, you know, I, I knew it was over when Dame was missing layups. It's like something's got to be wrong because he just doesn't do that. Even if his three's not on, like he had a couple of wide open layups that just that wouldn't go. So it, it it's going to be an uphill climb for for the Blazers. But you know, I I just want to you know watch them at least one more time. You know, I, I hope we don't get swept, but. You know, Olga asked, like, hey, would you rather lose in Denver in Game 7 or go to the Western Conference Finals and get swept? You know, at the time, you're like, oh, God, I'd rather have just lost and not have to deal with this. But, you know, after about 24 hours of reflection, you you take the elation that comes with beating Denver in Game 7. You are now part of history being only the 29th team to win a road Game 7. You can never take that moment in time where you're that excited about going to the Western Conference Finals. Like, I got pins, koozie, hat, t-shirt that says Western Conference Finals. Like, we were there. Yeah, it, it sucks, but... I mean, yo, it sucks, but at the same time, Western Conference. That doesn't happen every day. We're not the, we're not the fucking Warriors. We're not the Spurs. This is rare. I would much rather take the, the sweep than losing the... In Game Seven, yeah, that would have been a game. Losing Game Seven would have been a fucking bummer, and you know it. At yep. least we're here, like, man, just being at this at this place in history. It's fucking dope, man. We've had a fucking amazing playoffs. The shot, the CJ McCollum's brilliance, like, go, man. It it's been a lot of good shit, man. Like. Four overtime game. Oh, fuck, man. I Like, that was history. Like, I was at the house, and I was just watching, and I was like, damn, I got shit to do, but this is history. I can't, I can't, I can't turn this off. I can't do something else while this game's on. This is history. Like, this, this, this playoff's been too, too much fun, man. So I would have, I would have taken the, the Western Conference appearance than losing seven. Yeah, and I, I just – I think I'm getting the sense from from some fans, like, that this is it. Like, that we'll never, ever get back or, you know, for whatever reason, our, our roster is just old or something. Old yeah. or we're not going to have anybody back. Like, I've said this time and time again. We have one player who is 30 years old. That's Evan Turner. He is not part of the long-term He's core. not the – yeah, he's not part of the long-term future. No, Every so other player – is either heading into their prime or is a few years away from their prime. Like we, 
there, there's a reason that the NBA was marketing the Blazers and the Nuggets as the future of the Western Conference because we are the mm-hmm. future of the, the Western Conference. Like, anytime we, you can have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and a healthy use of Nurkic, that, that is a fantastic core. And then to we're going to have salary in, in next year to potentially get something something good. I'm there. Neil O'Shea has to be careful. But we can improve this team. There are things that we can improve on. We just can't be too crazy with it. But this is this is where this is a team that is built for the long term. This this year's was fantastic. But in the future, when we add more pieces, find the missing piece. I, I saw on Twitter that you said we need to find our Scotty Pippen, and I think that's totally true. We just have to find those missing pieces around it, and we're going to have all the salary from 2016 like in two years. This is this can be a long-term, sustainable, efficient team that's in the playoffs for a long time. So don't be scared about this team's sustained success. I think... It's a, it, it's a very easy thing to improve this team. We just have to be patient and trust the process and trust who's making these decisions. I would go as far as saying I am thankful. Not thankful, but I'm trying to figure out the, the word to say because you, you made the, the, the really correct you know analogy. In 2016, I think we jump-started the rebuild, go make it to the second round of the playoffs and I think Neil Olshay would would whether he would say it publicly or not but he overreacted and overspent if we um, gave him truth serum he would say that exact thing exactly we had max money and we had three restricted free agents that we were able to to match I'm kind of thankful that in a he, way that he has we that, that that experience no, I, I mean, like, this offseason, like, we're always talking about, oh, man, I wish we were, had Rodney Hood's bird rights or Ennis Cantor or Seth Curry. In a way, I'm glad we don't and that we have the money that we have because it will force Neil to truly decide what is priority, what is a true value for a player. Because I think if this were 2016 and we had all of the money in the world – and Seth Curry was a restricted free agent. Oh, he would he would he would give him a buttload. He would blow the bank on Seth Curry when in reality you probably got Simons and Trent Jr. who can probably come and, and perform as well. Like eighty percent of Seth. Exactly. And and they have more potential to do better. And so um make no mistake about it, I still want to re-sign Rodney and and Ennis Cantor, at least one of the two. Neil's gonna have to figure out a way to do that. But at the end of the day, the core is the core and love him or hate him. Neil O'Shea is really good at bargain Bargain based shopping. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, everything's easier. Everything about building a team is easier when you have a star player. Oh yeah. That's the the hardest fucking thing to find is a star player. We have that and we have really good pieces around him. So it's time to find those, those pieces that, are not valued enough and take advantage of it. Like market inefficiencies with time to find all that stuff, find those cheap Mo Harkless trade deals and stuff like that. And we'll be, we'll be, we'll be talking about this, this summer. So there's a, there's a lot of work that we, that needs to be done, but it, we have the most important pieces. Energy, 
the thing that I, before I learned that Damien was hurt, I think the thing that bugged me was their body language and how it felt like Golden State had more urgency. There was a sense of urgency that Golden State had that we didn't. I want to. I, I think we panicked, to be honest, especially when they made that run. I think Zach hit a three to tie it up at 82, then they hit six straight. I honestly, it, it just looked like they panicked out there. Like some of the, they, the panic shots, quick shots, they went for threes to try to get it back all at once. They haven't been here before. So to me, that's what it looked like. They're just like, oh shit, what do we do now? I want to see a better sense of body language. I mean, I could talk about schemes, but let I think that the most important thing is trying really hard and trying to steal one. I I I honestly think we win game 4 and then lose game 5. What what's your X factor for game 4? I I think it's going to be Portland's going to need energy from the start. And then they're going to need energy in the third quarter. They have to figure out a way to slow the Warriors down in the third quarter. That has been the turning point in in both series. Like getting outscored by I think like about an average of like fifteen or sixteen points in the last two third. Um, I, I would also like to see if Dame truly is hurt. I know he's he's a he's ride or die and is saying it's not affecting his play, but I, I think he's just doing that to not put any excuse out there. Anybody watching him or anybody who has suffered that injury has already stated how difficult it is to, to deal with. Um, going back to Oh three, like I said, Zach Randolph was kind of like that, that young guy off the bench that kind of sparked us. Is it going to be a guy like Jake Lehman or Anthony Simons? Can, can we get some, you know, just some some spurts from them to to get the game going because you know in game three, Dame or CJ, you know they've shouldered a lot of a lot of the load, and I, I don't know how much they have left in the tank. So who who's going to help out? You know, Myers played really well, but we really didn't get a lot of uh, Rodney time. Uh, Seth missed quite a few quite a few shots. Uh, I, I think it's going to be one of those team games. If Portland's going to win, you're going to look up and on the box score and say, yep, they did their job, they did their job, they contributed. How many uh, How many players will have to be in double-digit scoring for us to for you to feel good about a win? Five. I like that. Yeah, I mean, so if you're looking at Dame, CJ Myers, you know, maybe Mo gets double digits, maybe Seth, maybe Rodney, um, you know, who knows. But Zach could potentially get Zach, and then make your free throws. Like we're we're getting to the line. Like game one and game three, we got to the line thirty plus times. I mean, this is this is our strength. We are the best free throw shooting team in the regular season. CJ going seven of twelve was just mind boggling. You know, to me that's that's all mental. Um, Dame missed two again. Like these are elite level free throw shooters missing gimmies. The Blazers have to to lock in mentally. Uh, and and make them at the line because you know if, if we don't shoot at least eighty percent, or we're not going to get it done. Um, it, and lastly, like you said, I, I think it's just all about pride. Um, pride may not be enough, but you can tell when, when you watch the watch the game. Like, are, are they leaving it all on the floor? And I think that's what I want to see. At the end of the game, I'll give them a standing ovation regardless. But at the end of the game, you want to say, 
to yourself, yeah, we just lost to a better team. We gave every ounce that we had. Um, I do think the Warriors are going to complete the, the sweep. Um, it just kind of feels like that's how it's going to unfold. I would love to see it go five because if we remember in 2016, we won game three. Steph came back. They won an incredible game four. But we had a chance to win that game five. Sometimes all it takes is a win. And I, I'm not even going to get further than game five. But, you know, j- just just get one. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I have been wrong before. You want to wrap us up, buddy? So we are available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Nothing But Net Radio, Himalaya Podcast. If you've listened this far, you're a real one. And we will be back probably the day after Game 4 to talk about the potential win. So we're out of here, and we will talk to you all later. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go!